0: Hey, this is David C. Jones, and this is Alive and Engaged, the podcast about speaking out and looking in. If you want to learn how to better communicate with audiences of all sizes, and if you want to learn how to grow and develop skills that will help you navigate and thrive using creativity and dynamic insight in this world full of trial and tribulations, then this is the podcast for you. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about some of my experiences of being a public speaker and an MC, and what I've learned, and I can share with you. And then, more importantly, we will have a guest, Andrea Loone, who is the author of the book "Feeling Better," and we're talking with her about her experiences and about that book. Now, I have been an MC at a variety of events since 1990. I've received a lot of great advice on how to do it well, and I, through my experiences, I've learned what works 85% of the time and what doesn't work 95% of the time. Now I should point out, I am fighting a little bit of a cold, so my voice is much more sultry today. Uh, I've hosted TV shows, rock concerts, and in countries all around the world, from soldiers in war zones to management teams and boardrooms, from the top of the Swiss Alps to Sunset Beach in Vancouver, and everywhere in between. But the lessons that I've learned are not just about emceeing grand events. They are also applicable to smaller presentations that we all have to give, whether it's a board meeting or a toast, there are also also applicable to one-on-one meetings or small social gatherings. Today I'm going to talk about Calibrate. One of my pet peeves of entertainers is when they blame the audience for a bad show. You need to get to know your audience. Like, each person is unique, so is every audience. They're different, and too many MCs or main acts treat them all as one giant gelatinous mass devoid of personality. Each audience is made up of individuals that have taken time out of their busy lives to come to be at the function of the presentation. They want and expect something out of the experience and they will react the way they want to react. They are not there for you. They are there for themselves. I know. Shocking. How dare they be so self-centered? Don't expect them to meet you. You have to meet them. Here's some of my experiences that I've discovered uh, over the years. There's a difference between a Friday night audience and a Saturday night audience. It's true some audiences are quieter than others, but I found when I was actually doing a play, a hilarious comedy play, we ran for three months, and every Friday night audience was a quiet audience. Uh, Friday audiences, Friday night audiences have often just come home from a busy work week, and they forgot they were going to the theater that night, and so they one half of the party is met with hostility at the thought of going out. That's my theory, anyways. Anyways, they're either at the end of the work week or they've just come up with a big fight about the fact that they're going out at the end of a work week. So they are often much more quiet than a Saturday night audience which is ready to party and have a good time. Um, another difference between audiences is some events are shows, uh, whether it's a cabaret show or a big event, and some events are networking events. Sometimes audiences can get noisy if the event is more social and an opportunity to network than a stage event. Then the the stage event is a distraction as opposed to an attraction, and they will behave accordingly. They'll chat with neighbours, they'll exchange business cards, and they won't give a lot of attention to the host or what's going on on the stage. Another factor that's going to change an audience uh, is whether they are hot or cold. I don't know if you know this, in, uh, when you go see talk shows uh, filmed in LA, the air conditioning is on very hard. It's uh, also the same if you go into a, a, a gambling den uh, or into one of the casinos and they have the air conditioning on because people are more alert when they're cold, when they're a little bit cold. If they're hot, they tend to lay back and get comfortable. So if you're in a venue that's quite warm um, and they've been Drinking cocktails all day, uh, as I had once happened on a golf course. I was emptying an event that was after a game of golf in the middle of July, where they'd been drinking on the course the whole time, and then they came into a very hot room. They were not moving. They were just in their chairs. Um, but if you're in a slightly more chilled room, then people are a little bit more perky in their chairs, so they're going to react totally differently another factor to consider is whether this is an audience or an event where people are standing you have high top tables and people are standing and wandering around or if they're sitting if they're sitting they have you you have their focus they're looking at you Uh, if they're standing they're going to be looking at each other so it's going to be harder to get their attention so you need to know who your audience is and what situation they're in you've got to put yourself in their shoes and figure out what their experience is in the theater and what they're hoping to get out of it. This is, this is uh, sort of true with every situation. If you want to be successful, you have to meet, meet people halfway. No, I know some of you will say, well, people got to deal with me as I am. And that is your right. And certainly I have been so self-driven and so egocentric that I ran slipshod over other people in conversations and sought out ways to turn the conversation to me or to my way of thinking. And it has limited opportunities for me as a result and I'm trying to do better. I'm reminded of an exchange program I did back when I was 17 years old. It was called Canada World Youth, and I was in a group of seven average Canadians together with seven youth from a developing country. After spending three months in a village in Canada, the group moved to the other country. In our case, it was a small village in India called Umbridge. We were told, we were told how to dress and how to behave in the village, and because we are brash teenagers, we have no choice but to voice a rebellion to these restrictive rules. If we're here to learn about them, shouldn't they learn about us? Why should we change who we are? The team leader smiled warmly and said, well, if you shock or offend them, they may instantly reject you and will not let you into their lives. You have to connect with them where they are. And then when you bond with them, they'll get to know you and you'll get to know them. So try to calibrate to the people around you, whether it's an audience of a thousand or a group of three or one-on-one. It allows you to connect and foster better communication and better opportunities. We'll come back right after this short break with Andrea Lohan, the author of Feeling Better. And we are back and we have Andrea Lohan here. Andrea Lohan, I've known in the city for quite some time. I think I even did a stage, uh, not stage reading, a reading in your living room was it was it uh, harry potter and the cursed child
1: oh yeah well, it was my friend's living your room friend's but living i room. organized it yeah. yeah yeah that was so much fun yeah that was amazing <laughs> and
0: i still laugh thinking about that because i think it, maybe it was you or someone there was like a, 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 a not a typo what do you call it a metal propism a, malapropism, a ver, uh, verbal gaffe that i can't even remember what it was oh
1: that might have been me i remember yeah. it was yeah. i was the train witch and i said the that uh the trolley witch yeah. and i said something about the the line is that I didn't want people to get off of it, right. but I just said, I don't want people to get off. <laughs> <That's> and <true>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's like, come on, they're teenagers. Come on. <laughs> they're, just,
1: they're just stressed. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: now you wrote this book, Feeling Better, A Field Guide to Liking Yourself, uh, available at finer bookstores everywhere.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Mostly online, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um what prompted you to write this book? What 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 what's the story? Tell me the story, Andrea. Lohan. The
1: story, yes indeed. Um, well, the the sad beginnings is that I was a person who just totally hated myself for a long time. Okay. Um, really as far back as I can remember, actually. I even look back on childhood memories, I'm like, oh, I can see the seed of it even back then that I just like didn't like myself. I assumed that everyone else didn't like me either. You know, I thought like everyone was just sort of pretending.
0: Uh, do you mind if I ask? Because mm-hmm. uh, you said since you were uh, young, uh, like you grew up in a in a religious household, I did, yeah. And and, and uh, of course, we hear religion is all of, right. The, the, the tenet of all religions is about love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So, how do you think that manifested itself? If y- if you were having this sense of anxiety about yourself or or. Loathing, yeah, I don't know, that's too strong a word. No, um, no, that would be accurate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how did that manifest itself if you're in this in this situation?
1: Yeah, and I've actually thought about that a lot because, you know, I don't have a lot of the early childhood experiences a lot of people have to point to this, you know, my parents were very loving. I knew that they loved me. I was secure in that relationship. Um, and yeah, we. my family was Christian, um, but not one of those horror story Christian families, right. where it's, you know, like the Bible is beating you over the head right. or you have to earn <laughs> God's favor, you know. Right. Very uh, open-hearted uh, t- style of Christianity. <laughs> and right. so um, I just, All I can come down to is say it must have been that, you know, some kind of like chemical imbalance or a genetic thing. Mm. I know it was never really spoken about or treated, but looking back, I'm quite sure my grandpa was quite depressed Mm. um, and had some of these same issues. Um, And so I don't know if it was just sort of passed down through my genes or what it was. but. Oh, could be school? There.
0: Like, did you go to a Catholic school? No, I or went to public, public school. school. Public Welcome school is horrifying. Oh,
1: yeah. No, I had, yeah. And I had some classic, like, you know, mean girl experiences and stuff like well, that. You're
0: a, you're a tall lady, too, I am a tall right? lady, yes. So yeah. yeah. Got you got you can't tell, but she's tall. Yeah, you <laughs> can't
1: hear it in my voice how tall I am. <laughs> yeah, no. So there was, like, Sasquatch and those kinds of comments. Right. But I don't know. I never really want to overplay that because I don't think it was it was definitely not worse than a lot of, like it wasn't what I would call bullying. Right. Um, and and I know it was pretty average level of like school horrors, right? right. <laughs> so I really think it was just something in me that I learned this or that I, be- I believed it kind of to start and then I never I never unlearned it. So it just stuck with me kind of my whole life until, until I was about 25. And that's when I kind of had a turning point and started to um, realize that maybe I did have some value and mm. that I could try and like myself, mm. um, which was a wild and wondrous <laughs> realization. <laughs> like, wait a
0: minute. What, this is
1: possible? <laughs> um, and so actually writing the book came about later. It was, cause I had had that around 25. And then a few years after that, I had, you know, a heartbreak. A romantic romantic heartbreak And it was after that I was completely in pieces So I was writing about uh, How I had healed once To help myself heal again And that's when I kind of went Oh, maybe other people have gone through this too Maybe instead of just writing this for myself I could write this into a book That Mm. could Come go out in the world and maybe help. Well, yeah, people. and you were
0: saying that you wanted when uh, we were talking before that you wanted to write a book that you wish was a book that you had found.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: that was helpful.
1: Yeah, because I'm a very practical person. I like to-do lists. I like guides and step-by-step well, stuff. Because you're an
0: administrator as well. Yes, yes I, I'm right? a manager.
1: <laughs> right. I love my spreadsheets, um, and I want action items. So that's what I kind of went. Okay, these are the things that I figured out that worked for me. I would have loved a book like this right. when I was 25 and trying to figure out how to like myself.
0: One of the things that you said that I thought was just interesting there, uh, I had this happen with a counselor uh, recently um, where he said uh, stop looking at the past, stop trying to figure out stuff that happened in the past because mm-hmm. that's behind you. You need to figure mm-hmm. out how you're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. How are you going to move forward through your life? And, and no one had ever really said that before. I mean, I've seen, like, the, 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 the T-shirts that say, you know, stop looking backwards, you're not driving that way. Right, and that yeah. that kind of <laughs> stuff. But it was, it was really profound to go, because I think sometimes that what ha- that's what happens when people get into self pitying or self-hatred or, or bemoaning life, as they go, well, because of this thing that happened mm-hmm. in the past, that's why I am this way, and, if I, and I can't possibly change now, right? And yeah. I know that's what I sometimes had. but that was a loop that I had was if only that hadn't happened right and mm-hmm. is that something that you sort of as because you were saying you don't like to give a lot of weight to
1: yeah. how you
0: got the way you were
1: right and 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 cuz there's not i think for people if you have a clear trauma then obviously you need to like work through it right that's that's one thing to kind of see and understand the root um but yeah, I totally feel that, that at some point you just have to go, well, this is where I am. Mm-hmm. And
0: and that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: And how do I get there um, from, from here? And the only thing that I think for me was useful about looking back was to figure out what all those false beliefs were that I had about right. myself. Right. So I had to figure out, oh, what is what's going on here? Oh, I believe that nobody really likes me. Right. Um, so let's like. I do not really need to unpack too much where that came from, but I needed to understand that that was a core belief that I had had for my whole life Right. and that I needed to change that.
0: So if I were going to pick up this book mm-hmm. and I have, I'm reading it for my second time. Uh, I read it a long, uh, I guess what you came out, uh, uh, the book came out like six months ago,
1: a year ago, a year ago. I a know ago. how time has passed. I know.
0: Uh, so just rereading it again. And, uh, maybe uh, tell us a little bit about what what we could find in there. I mean, one of the things that I like is that you have broken it down into very bite-sized bits uh, and given practical tools. But uh, you explain. Sure. You explain what yeah. did you write and why? What's what, going on here?
1: What the heck is this thing anyways? Yeah. yeah. So like we've said, it's very it's very practical. So each chapter is just one basically tool or practice or even just sort of a little realization i had that that helped me along the way so it's everything from like some cognitive behavioral therapy stuff which which is the thing about like challenging your beliefs and and changing the way you think about yourself um into like gratitude practices which connect into the cbt as well as um you know things like how you dress or the things you do like actually doing the things that you think are fun And that make you feel good because like for some reason we're all really bad at actually doing things that make us feel good.
0: I'm doing a a talk coming up uh, and it's all about the power of laughter and and same thing a lot of people Mm -hmm. laugh or they'll be at places where they're funny but they don't realize that the more they do that and the more they provoke that the better their lives will become. Like, It's not something you can leave to happenstance.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's even just
0: with happiness. It's like, well, I got to get all this crap done. So I'm just going to get this crap done and I'll find a moment of happiness later mm-hmm. if I have time.
1: Yeah. And so I, much deferring the happiness. Or then when we do have time, I mean, I do this all the time. Get home. I'm so exhausted. I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch, you know, binge watch RuPaul's Drag Race and, and that'll be my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Drag Race is a great show.
0: It's a great fun show.
1: Yeah. But um, unless vegging out in front of the TV actually makes you feel alive in your heart which for most of us it doesn't it's a It's a zoning out kind of activity. Mm. You know, you're gonna I think one of the things I say in the book It's so obvious, but like it's a light bulb every time I think about it It's like the more time you spend doing something that makes you feel good and alive the more time you will feel good and alive What? (laughs) I know! That's crazy. (laughs) I'm like that sounds fun
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that happens with that too is that we, we we have such a huge percentage of the population that self-medicate.
1: Absolutely. Right?
0: Whether it's... I mean, I'm, I'm an ex-drinker. I don't drink at all. Uh, I've not had a drop in four years. Uh, but uh But, uh, you know, that thing of coming... I'll just come home and I'll have a glass of wine or three, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then you kind of go, okay, well, now I feel fine. It's like, well, do you... Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Like, and the next morning when you wake up and you're go- getting up, and you're like, oh, I'm really hungover.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing of like, it's like you're just managing the stress feeling instead of actually doing things that will bring you joy or the, or dealing with whatever the underlying cause of the stress is, right. right? That, yeah.
0: So so what are some of the things? I mean, obviously, people need to have to, have to want to get help. Yes. Right because uh, you can be in this numbing situation this uh, uh, or this uh, I'm just getting through life I have all these issues and it's because of things that happened in my past and you know what I'm just going to go to work and then watch my shows mm-hmm. uh, 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 and then do some heroin <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just casually <laughs> <laughs> just casually do some heroin so uh, is there a way to jump start someone or do they have to need to hit bottom or have to have a self-realization that I need to change.
1: Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Cause for me, I did have a realization. I had a moment where I kind of went, oh, maybe I am worth something. Um, And that was what motivated, it didn't make me better, but it motivated me Mm -hmm. to try. Um, And I think if someone really doesn't have that, I mean, you can't, you definitely can't make someone have that motivation. I think you can, maybe help plant a seed like right. encourage um encourage them to think about you know like oh what like to just to just try and have that taste of what it's like to feel good you know right. i think if people can have that taste that's what cuz that's what i had right i went oh is this what it feels like to like yourself to, to feel good and then and then i was able to chase that feeling yeah. um but but again you can't generate that you can kind of just create an opportunity maybe where someone might Experience it.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a friend uh, for a while now. He's always posting on social media about how miserable he is and how horrible life is, and and he feels that he's just getting his truth out. But it reminded me a little bit of um, back when I was uh, getting voice training and stuff. And sometimes people would have uh, emotional responses. I'm mm. jumping around a little bit here. Absolutely. But one other thing that the voice teacher would always say if someone was having a a cathartic reaction, like uh, they're crying, she would just keep going, and then it changes. And then it changes. And then it changes. Because you push through emotions Mm -hmm. and then they become something else. And she was, she sometimes talked to us about sometimes people indulging in the emotion. They don't get to do it. So when you see someone on social media or whoever was just always exclaiming right and they feel like well I'm just now being honest mm-hmm. like do you go no you're not being honest you're <laughs> indulging in the emotion and then it changes right like, well, or do you just leave your book lying around just yeah
1: if you you write a book about helping <laughs> yourself and then you just happen to leave some copies around their home uh that's the best way to help people just buy my book <laughs> 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 yeah no that's really hard and I agree that thing of it it changes um i would say except with i think with mental health with anxiety and depression and these things part of the the deep pit that those can be is that it doesn't you don't have that natural shift in emotion that happens for an emotionally healthy person right Right. where you go through the deep pit and then you come back out um it's just you you really feel like there's no way to get out of the pit.
0: Yeah. yeah. And there's some comfort in always complaining or always bitching or They're, always yeah. crying. There's some this is familiar to me and so uh, on some level I'm happy here.
1: Absolutely. There's a safety to it. And actually I find I found this so interesting when I I studied psychology in university and one of the things they said was for, for most people, for like emotionally healthy, resilient people, um, you know, co- a compliment makes you feel good. You mm-hmm. might feel a little awkward when right. you receive your compliment, but it you feel good. Um, and, and of course, insults make you feel low what? and bad. It was a shocking uh, psychological discovery. But for depressed people, it's the reverse. Mm. An insult or something that confirms your dark view of yourself is more comfortable than a compliment, which is as painful on a cognitive level as a insult is for a healthy person yeah so your brain is like flipped
0: i remember when i when uh this is not that long ago if someone complimented me or said something nice about me and or that i heard it i often would start to cry right (laughs) because i so was like so didn't believe it Mm -hmm. right it was really uh like it overwhelmed me it I wasn't like I was crying like fuck you <laughs> I, don't, I guess I can swear on my own show <laughs> is this a swearing <laughs> show it's your call <laughs> uh, uh, um, but uh, yeah uh, I, I wasn't like I don't believe you but I guess on some level I was like, I don't believe you.
1: Yeah, right, I think right. that is. And and that's a little bit of a different side to it. Yeah, because I definitely have that still, especially when you receive one of those really heartfelt compliments and you're like, oh, you've touched some hole that I didn't know I had. <laughs> and, and there was, I didn't know there was a wound there, but now you've kind of- You poked you it. You poked it, but in, a, <laughs> but in a nice way. So you like, it feels good, but uh, you cry. <laughs> yeah,
0: So yeah, this uh, uh, it, it's interesting about uh, uh, th- with the book you have tools in there and, and you also s- and sometimes you 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 quite nicely uh, soft pedal some of them right? like you mm-hmm. kind of go well this might seem to you as frivolous or this might seem to you as not w- interesting like uh, you're a big part uh, that you're into is gratitude mm-hmm. showing gratitude and it seems so you know uh, whatever yeah right? <laughs> I say thank you right? yeah totally but, Um right the uh my uh friend of mine i think a friend of yours as well uh uh he posts every single day five things he's grateful for mm-hmm. he does them in, in point form which you are a big fan of point yep, form Yeah, It's to your book. quick and efficient right it's not overwhelming <laughs> when i get an mc script i go please put it in point form uh don't give me a paragraph i can't read that yeah. out yeah um, uh, but yeah, he he posts that every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is, if it was someone he talked to, he's an actor, so if it was how an audience reacted,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And and it, it's almost heartwarming to see his posts. Like yeah. they don't they don't seem indulgent.
1: Yeah, and right? there is often a difference that you can sense there sometimes when someone is just genuinely sharing their gratitude as opposed to maybe a humble brag or something. Humble brag. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes but people are legitimately bragging to kind of in your face to everyone else. I'm sure some people do that. Mm -hmm. But I think most people aren't thinking that much about other people.
0: They're they're, like, (laughs) I did a thing. Yeah, Yeah. I'm
1: excited, I did a thing. Or or some people do that for their own accountability, like our friend with their gratitude. Mm -hmm. Other people I know, yeah, they're like, okay, I'm gonna post a running selfie every day because then I'm like forcing myself to run every day. Right.
0: Uh, Right, and one of the things that's kind of cool about your book too is you have, and in the back you list them all again, you cite all the books and uh, mm-hmm. uh, sources that uh, you found helpful to you. So you 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 don't crib their ideas, you go, here's an idea from this source that you yeah. might find helpful. <laughs> and you, you, the title and the author of Absolutely. the book, Absolutely, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and in some of the sections too, I'll even say like, like here's a basic idea of what this book said, but really, if you wanna get into this, you have to read you the whole to go, book. You have to go because, read those so. Yeah, and part of that, obviously, credit where credit is due. Yeah, totally. But yeah, those were the things that helped me. And if this book is about sharing the things that helped me, well, like, this was, I cobbled together advice from a lot of different places, so, yeah. yeah. Th-
0: and that's the thing about uh, teaching. Uh, I remember having a, a teacher a long time ago, and I said, can I do the exercise? And I went, that's why I taught it to you. Like, yeah. it's, it's to m- move it forward into the world. Absolutely. Right, right? It's very interesting. Now, and one of the things that I asked you when we talked on the phone before we got to here uh was do they know you've credited them and you said no right I so I think, yeah. <laughs> and i think you should totally find out if they have twitter accounts and I stuff know. like that and go do shout outs to them and stuff
1: i know since we spoke yesterday i haven't done it <laughs> yeah. you got all excited for a second to go oh did you, <laughs> did you? no i haven't but you made but a I list <laughs> absolutely will well i have a list in the back of the book I know. It's so and easy. now you have
0: to find out if they have twitter accounts yeah which or something luckily like that. most authors right. do
1: yeah. um yeah, yeah, no, I'm very excited to send them all little notes because, you know, chances of any of them, even replying is so small. But They'll also, probably say like, thank you. Though. But, like, who doesn't love? It's like the thing, actually, I write about in the book about thanking people who have helped you, and that actually helps you feel better. Totally. And then you've made someone else feel good. Who doesn't love to receive a note that your work totally. helped? Totally.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, you, again, gra- another part of gratitude is saying, mm-hmm saying thank you to people who, who did something that moved you or touched you. Yeah. Uh, I lately have become, because I'm, I'm socially awkward sometimes. What? Uh, I know. I'm
1: never socially awkward. <laughs> uh, I know nobody is. <laughs> just it's just, you.
0: just me. <laughs> Everyone else gets along fine. Um, but I often will uh, text people uh, if I see them in a show or singing uh, and I'll try to think of something very specific mm. about what they did rather than going, hey, you were awesome.
1: Right. Right. If yeah. I ha-
0: if I have a, a communication with them, um, then I, I go out of my way to do that, uh, just to say, "Hey, you, your performance tonight blew me away, and here's what you did that did that."
1: Yeah, and, and like, like how wonderful that is, and I actually I felt so vindicated. Probably about six months ago, on some podcast I listened to, they were talking about uh, thanking people and all this stuff, and they actually cited some research saying that. Just the act of saying thank you to someone else is actually good for your own mental health as well. So I was like, "Ha I put that in my book." I, didn't even <laughs> I know. was right. Science backs me up. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> nice,
0: uh, nice. Now, with the, I uh, said so we want to get this book out there uh, more and more. Mm-hmm. And are you doing anything with the book? Like, are you doing any kind of speaking tours or readings at libraries? or bookstores, well, or are you if, creating an online course? Mm-hmm. Or, or, well, if
1: anyone would like to book me to come in and speak or do a reading, I would happily do so. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm actually developing a workshop now. Okay. So I'm working on, it's going to hopefully have a, well, no, it will have an in-person version where I would be there and work with people, right. or an online version. Um, and I am yeah I'm not quite sure what the online version will look like yet yet but I'm doing a little uh, beta test with some friends nice. coming up in a couple of weeks just to try out the format and some of the exercises and see how it works with people and then hopefully I'll be able to have that tool as well.
0: Yeah, the, the, uh, there is a lot of people who are doing that. There's a the um, who uh, I haven't watched one of their videos in a long time, um, but it was about oh charisma on command, charisma mm. on command, and it was a YouTube page where they they uh, uh, every now and then do a speak on different ways of... And they use clips of other people and clips of uh, uh, mostly celebrities because they're the ones who you have clips of. <laughs> Look Makes at this sense. guy in the park. He's screwing up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they'll use them to sort of back up what they're talking about at that point, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whether it's about sarcasm. they They had a real... <laughs> It seemed like hate on for a while for Brie Larson. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> poor Brie. Into, I know. Well, she brought <laughs> it on herself. Uh, By existing in the world. <laughs> oh, yes. Ugh, hate that. She, and how she acted in interviews. Uh, but because uh, um, she comes up like three times in some of their videos. Um, but the, yeah, so you could do the same thing as you can, uh, you know, because you got all these different chapters. you can, it's true. You can, uh, go. Uh, here's here's today's thing and and your chapters are bite-sized the book is quite bite-sized it
1: is yeah it's, it's not very long no it's a quick read yeah mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and a powerful read
1: oh well thank you so
0: you're gonna get a website going or, or? yeah
1: well so I have I mean I have my com, which is where all the information will live about workshops once they're available Once they right happen. now the information about the book lives there right um, yeah, and then uh, hopefully they'll be I don't know yeah, I haven't decided if it's gonna be like a webinar kind of thing for the online course or just one of those things where you download a bunch of PDFs or right. or what. But. Or you
0: could do like like Steve Martin and Margaret Atwood and all those and do the master oh, class. Oh the master class. Do you think yeah. the
1: master class people will want me? Well, they might.
0: <laughs> they might. They might go for me the Me and Margaret Atwood. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those? I haven't, actually. I, I Have actually you done pro- them? I, 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 I bought the Steve Martin one. Oh, nice. Uh, and what's really neat with his is, um, I, I didn't finish it. Every now and then it goes, are you still watching this? And it's like, I'll get to it. Yeah, um, come on, Steve. But he has PDFs that you can download. So right. So it's him talking. Sometimes there'll be clips of what he's talking about. Uh, not a lot of them. Um, um, And uh, he also does like a master class. So I've just got to the part where he was now in a classroom with people going over some of the concepts that he's been talking about. But yeah, for each one, you can download the PDF.
1: Well, that sounds like a model I should steal. Yeah, you yeah. should totally,
0: you could totally, <laughs> totally, totally do that. Yes. Now you also have the receptionist blog. Yes. And now is that still active? Do you still? It write is, that?
1: even though I haven't been a receptionist for. for I know many you're a manager years. now. I'm a manager. You run
0: a whole wait, 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 presentation. No. Presentation
1: was theater. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I started it way back. I was a receptionist in an accounting office, and literally was just so bored. There was nothing going on. I had this. Cycle of websites I would visit, and I was always sharing stuff to my Facebook. And finally, I went, "I'm probably driving my friends nuts. I'm going to start a blog." Right, they they can come to read it if (laughs) they want, rather than be
0: foisting it upon them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but now it's a a mixture of sort of mental health, self-helpy type stuff. So more reflections that would definitely connect with the content of the book. As well as, thing, you know, like feminism stuff. I really like to keep on top of um, research and things that are coming out. So talking about often psychology-related research.
0: Workstations and stuff like that. My, my boss always does a standing workstation. Act.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I haven't tried that. No? But yeah, yeah. I put some of that stuff. It's probably a study in on the receptionist somewhere about that yeah <laughs> Whether
0: they should be standing or sitting yeah
1: yeah so just a variety it's again like you said the book was the book that i always wish i had had the receptionist sort of the the blog that i would love to read
0: do you do you have a, like uh I, I haven't looked at it i apologize i was looking what? at the book how uh, dare you not uh, read uh, everything <laughs> i've done david <laughs> but i remember back when i used to work box office we used to make jokes about we're digressing horribly too bad uh but uh, about you know making a a skit about the girl because there would always be people going the girl told me I could do this the girl (laughs) told me I could do this and it would be this evil woman who would creep in and answer phones going yes you can do that (laughs) that's not a problem
1: oh man no
0: you don't need your receipt (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, who is this girl? Yeah, this fabled
1: girl. Yeah, we get that all the time in presentation hours too. No, I spoke with someone and they said that I had a booking. Right. Well, no. They (laughs)
0: lied. We fired them.
1: Yeah. You spoke to a ghost. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They do that. Mm -hmm. They do Mm -hmm. that sometimes. One of the things that I think is when when people go for therapy or they go for help, if they suddenly go, okay, I need to make some changes or they write a book. Is they still run into setbacks every now and then? Mm-hmm. So have you, because you you've worked on this book for a couple of years, and then it came out last year. Have you had times where you were like, oh, "I better read my book again"?
1: <laughs> oh yes, <yeah>, so much.
0: <laughs> so what is that? What is that like? Like I think it's helpful to hear that sometimes people. I wrote this book, and then I was fine forever. For the ever. end. <laughs> and now I'm a princess. Right? <laughs> yes,
1: I am in my castle, always happy. Yeah, it was such an odd experience, even just having the book come out, because of course, you know, self-publishing and and writing a self-help book when you're not like a psychiatrist or a guru of some kind, I had all this plagued by so much self-doubt as i'm going through this process and i was just like am i the biggest phony in the world right. i'm Don't telling read my people book. yeah i'm telling people to feel good about themselves and here i am just like Just tearing my hair out, feeling like I'm a total imposter.
0: Now, to be fair, you're not telling them to feel good. You're saying, feel better. That's true. (laughs) That's the title of the book. That was intentional. (laughs) It's not
1: done, it's just an improvement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, and then just to have life be funny, about uh, three days, I think, after my book launch party, uh, my partner of four years broke up with me. Yeah. (laughs) Timing. So I went from this big high to this deep, deep low right. and like just so much grief uh, to process. We were living together. So it was like it was like a divorce. Right. 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 Um, so, yeah, definitely gone through some dark times since <laughs> this since book. Then. So, yeah.
0: and and uh, did you have to be reminded by someone to like read your damn book or? or
1: yeah, I actually had a couple yeah. of friends kind of go, I mean, at first, obviously this thing you were talking about just feeling your feelings. And right. I talk about this in the book too. If you've had a loss, you don't need to just run and try and cover that up, right? right? You have to like, if you don't, if I didn't let myself feel it, then it would have come back at some point. So of course I just had to feel real sad about losing my right. partner of four years but um but then yeah eventually you know kind of going hey you know you did just write a book about all of this <laughs> is there something that you wrote that could be helping you right now <laughs> and i kind of go oh I'll check chapter yeah. 7 yeah ooh, yeah flip through the chapter titles yeah you're right yeah that was helpful <laughs> that's funny yeah that's what actually led that, my a friend and i did summer of fun last summer because okay. we both had been going through a bit of a dark period. And then we yeah. went, you know, it's the thing of doing things that make you feel good. We're just going to have fun for a summer and just focus on that. Right. And All it nice. was very healing. It was lovely. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so where can we get this book? Um, uh, at your website, AndreaLowen.com? Yeah,
1: if you go to AndreaLowen.com, it links to, it's on Amazon and Chapters Indigo online.
0: Okay. Um, just online, don't they realize how powerful this book is? Well,
1: it is a... It was stocked in Vancouver stores For chapters But then it sold out But then Well I think one of the locations Did anyways Because I went looking And it wasn't there Nice Either that or they put it in the back room <laughs> <laughs> Get this book out of here. it takes up way too much space it's so huge I did once sneakily go and take it from the back corner where it was shelved and put and it on one that. of those one of those displays in the middle with all the self-help oh, books like, I was just like you our know. staff
0: recommends yeah so I you're like they, Penelope recommends this book
1: <laughs> obviously <laughs> So sorry chapters, but what what do you expect? They probably
0: have all the local authors doing that. I they, think so. They probably just give a slight eye roll and move it back to okay. where it was. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Andrea
1: was in the store again. <laughs> <laughs> or but her mom. Yeah, yeah. But it, it might I'm sure some of the stores still have some copies. If you live in Vancouver and wanna mm-hmm. go visit a bunch of chapter stores.
0: There <laughs> you It's a game.
1: Yeah, or just go and ask for it, and then they'll (laughs) think it's in really high demand. Right, (laughs) and they'll
0: get it there. Uh, And we can go to your website to hear about other stuff. What do you think is the most important thing that you think people need to realize uh, uh, about depression um, uh, or or when they're in a dark spot? Um, Or, actually, we're going to go two questions. How, because this is, again, talking about people I know.
1: Mm-hmm. so
0: maybe it's you um, uh, you the listener no not you <laughs> not you over here you the listener uh, I have uh, another friend who goes through these repeated behaviors
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and they again not gendering them um, they call me about a situation that they're in mm-hmm. and so I'm being a sympathetic ear and I'm letting. but I don't want it to go you've called me about the situation now seven different times yeah and are you noticing that you're doing this mm-hmm. at, over and over again? Like, again, is it is it is it wise? No, you're not. You're not a trained psychologist. Yes. You, just a <laughs> you just have a minor in psychology. You just have a minor. It was in, uh, a major, but still. It was still. a major in psychology. <laughs> so, when someone is doing mm-hmm. something, do you what? What do you do when someone is doing a repeated pattern
1: yeah. of
0: behavior that? You go, you have a problem.
1: Well, definitely tell them it like that. (laughs) You have a problem. Have a Um, good day. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. I will not speak with you about this further. But here's a book. (laughs) Yes. Again, buy my book and give it to everyone you know. Um, Yeah. So I do find, and obviously you must have a close enough relationship with this person if they're coming to talk to you about the issue, because you don't necessarily want to insert yourself where you don't have that kind of relationship Mm, with someone. Yeah. but yeah, I find uh, you know obviously gently and with compassion. But uh, uh, I wouldn't have realized necessarily that like oh this is something that's come up seven times or like I keep having the same problem. So mm-hmm. to just you know nice and gently say, yeah, do you do you realize like I'm here for you? But you have you've called me about this exact issue a number of times, and do you want to talk about maybe? how you Mm -hmm. how it could go differently right so and sometimes people don't want help and that's totally valid um but yeah if you're seeing something come up over and over again helping someone identify that there's a pattern and then it's probably they need to talk to someone about it i'm i mean obviously maybe not obviously as a person who wrote a self-help book i am hugely into counseling and therapy i think it's the best thing that anyone could do. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people still feel some resistance to that, but if people are willing to go talk to someone. if yeah. I think that's the best thing it, as a friend, probably, if you can encourage someone to the point where they'll actually go talk to a professional. Ugh.
0: You know You know what? My my definition, my big difference between a counselor mm-hmm. and a psychiatrist is mm-hmm. a counselor will go, well, why do you think that is? And a psychiatrist will go, here's why that is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's the
0: whole difference.
1: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> not not too, not too off the mark. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've had both. You spend less time with a psychiatrist because right. they go, and done.
1: <laughs> and here's your answer. I think psychiatrists <laughs> tend tell. more towards the medication, Yeah, <laughs> which can be wonderful. Yeah. I went on antidepressants oh. for a year and yeah. it made a huge difference.
0: Now, so I sometimes think, uh, let me just check our time to see if oh. we can open up this conversation. Uh, I sometimes think that... that we over-medicate. Right. right? It's another form of... uh, Now, obviously, there's people... um, I I saw a show. I know that there's some people who deliberately, or or desperately, not deliberately, desperately need medication Mm -hmm. because of where they are. But uh, you were talking about we need to feel our feelings. Yes. So if we're taking all these pills to suppress our feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Uh,
1: I think that's... um, I mean, obviously, everyone's experience with mental health medication is different, medications all affect you differently. So in my experience, when I went on antidepressants, I still felt all my feelings. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was capable. I really, I felt like I was capable of feeling my feelings is the difference. Um, Whereas uh, before I had all the feelings as well as the sense that I just couldn't handle it.
0: Right. Yeah, Um, I I, I, I like to think of... Because I was on antidepressants a long, long, long time ago. When my brain... This was actually when I was in theater school. And I was was getting my mind exploded. As Um, theater school does. As as they do. um, You're never going to be a good actor unless we attack your brain. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, at one point, my anxiety and my depression was getting so up that I went to a doctor for help. And they suggested uh, Ativan and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And my thought at the time is i would i'll take it only as a band-aid
1: right right yeah like
0: like you would get a cast or a band-aid if you're hurt i'll take these pills Mm -hmm. but i I said i don't want to be on them forever maybe that was my mistake
1: (laughs) well oh oh, maybe or maybe not i mean also um like uh, psycho psychological medication has changed so much even in the past like 10 years like Mm. it probably in the I mean, you're you're a little baby, of course, David. Yeah. You're very young, <laughs> but maybe when you back, were taking back them, when I did, the they were uh, like they like could be a little we had bit good more. Pills. Yes, they they were been. laced with
0: cocaine, and we liked it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they were a little more. There was that dampening that would happen, I think. Right but now they they've definitely refined them so it's not right. as much. But yeah, I mean, I I was on them for a year and then I went off. I didn't stay on them my whole life, right. I think. But there can be that stigma like we feel like, "Oh, if I'm on them my whole life, that's that's a problem." It's right. like, "Well, no, it's it's literally whatever you need. Like a diabetic needs their insulin their whole life." Yeah. Some people, I have family members who are just on antidepressants for their whole lives. Right. Others, like me or you, maybe just need it when it's a, an acute Time. Right. And you kind of need to get through something, and then your own inner resources can come back in.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I, again, on this youth exchange that I talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, when we were in Canada, we were in a village, and the woman there, they were a Pentecostal family, and she had a pinched nerve in her shoulder, and she always walked around with an ice bag, like mm-hmm. that she created this contraption under her arm to hold the ice bag on her back, on her pinched nerve. When we were in India, we wrote the family. And she had been to a faith healer, hmm. and she's no longer bothered by it.
1: Interesting, right? yeah. And
0: and it was one of those things where like someone was like, "Oh, the faith healers are fake," and it's like, "Well, no, it wasn't for her." Sure, right? Yeah, and that might have been the placebo effect,
1: absolutely, or
0: God said, "No more pinched nerve for you," right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And like but, at the end of she the feels day. Healed.
1: She feels better, right? Yeah.
0: If she feels good, who are we to say you shouldn't feel good? Exactly. Right? Who is anyone to say you shouldn't feel good?
1: Well, not me.
0: I know. You're saying you can feel
1: better. Better. (laughs) Feeling
0: Better by Andrea Lohan. Available on her website or in finer bookstore everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Andrea, so much for being on Alive and Engaged. That's it for Live and Engaged with David C. Jones. And we'll be back for another episode helping you speak out and look inward. Thank you so much.